0: welcome to the Heart of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Hallie Teko. As many of you know, I am the co-founder and chair of a company called CoFertility, a platform that empowers women to take control of their fertility timelines by making egg freezing more accessible. Our split program enables women to freeze their eggs for free when they donate half of the eggs retrieved to a family who can't otherwise conceive including LGBTQ parents, couples facing infertility, and those with other fertility impacting medical challenges like cancer. We are not a fertility clinic, but we work with clinics across the country, and therefore we have to follow their screening guidelines for egg freezers and donors. And this includes cutoffs for BMI. This is what made me aware of the issue of BMI in the fertility world. More and more clinics, including NOVA IVF, where one of our medical advisors, Dr. Mira Shah, practices. More of these clinics are moving towards evidence-based evaluation for health beyond BMI. And I hope that this trend continues. But I wanted to share an article that... I wrote with the help of some of my team members around the issue of BMI. Now, I'm going to say this piece is my opinion only. It does not represent cofertility, but I think there's some really important messages here. Body Mass Index, BMI, is a measure that has been used for decades to put people into the weight categories of underweight, normal weight, overweight, or obese. While it is often used as an indicator of a person's overall health, BMI has been increasingly criticized by medical experts as a flawed and unreliable measure. This is particularly true in the context of fertility clinics, where BMI is often used as a requirement for egg freezing and donation. Some clinics have set a BMI threshold which means that women who are considered overweight or obese are turned away from egg freezing services without a fair look at their full health. This policy is not only discriminatory, but it is based on flawed assumptions about the relationship between weight and fertility. So let's even step back and answer the question, what is BMI? It's a numerical value calculated from a person's weight and height. You probably know this, but it is commonly used as a measure of body fat and as an indicator of overall health. The formula for calculating BMI is weight in kilograms divided by height in meters squared. It has been widely used throughout history as a quick way to assess a person's overall health and risk of various health conditions, such as heart disease, diabetes, and certain cancers. But the accuracy of BMI as a measure of body fat and health has been questioned in recent years, and many experts argue that it is a flawed measure that should be abandoned. Some folks say that it should be continued to use at a population level, but not at the individual level. So let's talk about the problematic history of BMI. The history of BMI is linked to eugenics, a pseudoscientific movement that gained popularity in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Eugenicists believed that some races and ethnicities were inherently superior to others and sought to promote the reproduction of desirable traits while discouraging or even preventing the reproduction of undesirable traits. One of the key figures in the development of BMI was Adolphe Quetelet, a Belgian mathematician who was also a proponent of eugenics. Note that Quetelet was not a physician, nor did he work in medicine. His work on BMI was influenced by his belief that different races and ethnicities had different ideal body types, with Northern Europeans being the most perfect, quote unquote. As a result, he believed that BMI could be used to identify individuals who deviated from this ideal. His work on BMI was later adopted by the life insurance industry in the early 20th century as a way to calculate the risk of insuring individuals. This led to the widespread use of BMI as a measure of obesity, despite its questionable scientific validity. The racist history of BMI, as recognized by the American Medical Association, is an important reminder that the use of BMI as a measure of health is not only scientifically flawed, but also rooted in deeply problematic beliefs about race and ethnicity. It is past time for us to move away from this outdated and harmful measure and to adopt more inclusive and accurate measures of health and well-being. So how do BMI cutoffs for egg freezing perpetuate reproductive health inequities? We know that Black and Latino women are more likely to face infertility than white women, yet they face more obstacles when it comes to receiving fertility care. Adding the hard BMI cutoff for access to egg freezing without holistically evaluating someone's health really further perpetuates this inequity. That's because the prevalence of quote-unquote obesity, according to BMI, is higher among Black and Hispanic women, making them disproportionately impacted by BMI requirements. But not only is the BMI calculation primarily based on white body types and not always appropriate measure for people of other races or ethnicities, but medically it is flawed. One major flaw is that BMI does not distinguish excess fat, muscle, or bone mass. This means it is inaccurate in certain populations, such as athletes, who have a lot of muscle mass, or those who are very tall or very short. For example, a perfectly healthy bodybuilder who is six feet tall and weighs over 185 pounds would be considered overweight. If their weight was over 220 pounds, they would be considered obese even if this individual had a very low body fat percentage and was in excellent physical health. Conversely, someone with a low muscle mass and high body fat percentage could have a normal BMI, but still be at risk for health problems. Also, BMI does not provide any indication of the distribution of fat in the body. And we know that the location of body fat is an important variable in assessing the metabolic as well as mortality consequences of excessive fat accumulation. So relying solely on BMI to assess health is an unfair shortcut that can lead to bias and potentially harmful outcomes. But I wanted to know, okay, BMI and egg freezing, some clinics have these thresholds. They won't even talk to a patient if the patient has a BMI over a certain weight. Actually, Dr. Mir Shah talked about a patient that she served that was rejected at another clinic, and she came with a lot of trauma to Dr. Shah because she had felt so shamed in the process. The truth is, there's insufficient data on the effects of BMI and egg freezing outcomes. And as of today, I could find no studies on BMI and egg donation, since women with BMIs over 30 have largely been shut out of the opportunity to donate their eggs. But here's what we do know. Okay, let's talk about BMI and egg yield. So this is how many eggs you are likely to retrieve in an egg freezing cycle. The evidence of the effects of BMI on IVF outcomes is conflicting and inconclusive. We can look at studies of IVF because the first part of IVF is egg freezing. So One review from Washington University in St. Louis looked at egg retrieval outcomes in obesity. They found eight studies that reported lower numbers of eggs retrieved for women with higher BMIs and nine studies that found no difference. However, these studies are from infertile IVF patients and not necessarily fertile egg freezing patients. And because of that, the correlation to egg yield really cannot be confidently extrapolated from one population to the other. There's one study I could find on BMI and egg freezers specifically, and this is on 373 elective egg freezing cycles. So these are people who are not facing infertility. They are preserving their fertility for their own reasons. The study found that egg yield actually increased by 2% per increase of BMI measured, and that BMI was a significant predictor of eggs retrieved when controlling for confounding variables. However, the majority of women in this cohort had a quote-unquote normal BMI, and only nine had a BMI over 29, which would be considered obese. Regardless, the authors conclude that in the context of egg freezing, patient demographics are dissimilar to the IVF population. Okay, what does the data say about BMI and egg quality? So we just talked about egg yield, the number of eggs retrieved, but sometimes you could retrieve a lot of eggs, but they're not high quality and they're not likely to turn into embryos and a healthy pregnancy. So we want to look at egg quality. And unfortunately, there's Insufficient and conflicting evidence on the effect of BMI and egg quality. That same wash use article that I just discussed referenced the effects of obesity on egg quality. And what they found was that they found six studies that found an adverse effect. One found no effect. So that is looking at egg quality under the microscope. Another way to assess egg quality would be fertilization. So if a healthy egg is more likely to fertilize. Three studies found decreased rates, and eight found no difference. And then you can look at embryo quality. Two of the studies that they looked at in this meta-analysis found decreased quality, and two found no difference. Again, though, these studies aren't in infertile populations. So not only are they conflicting, but they can't necessarily be extrapolated to egg freezers. Plus, we know that fertilization rates, embryo quality, they do have also unrelated confounding factors like sperm quality. Can obesity maybe lead to more procedure complications? Perhaps that's the reason there's this threshold. There's really not a lot of data on this, but one study of almost 2,000 egg retrievals found found that while patients with a BMI over 40 were more likely to acquire higher doses of Medication during the retrieval, the retrievals were able to be safely performed. Some people claim that BMI can cause complications under general anesthesia. I've heard this argument, but I haven't found the data to back it up. Clinics are finding ways to safely perform the procedure under local anesthesia and eliminate the many risk factors. So let's talk about BMI and egg donation. Nowhere in the FDA, or the American Society for Reproductive Medicine ASRM guidelines for egg donation is BMI mentioned. Regardless, many clinics do set an egg donor threshold BMI of 30. This means that they won't even look at a candidate who has a BMI above that. Recently, ASRM voted to adopt a new AMA policy urging doctors to limit the use of BMI as a sole identifier of overall health and obesity. The policy states that there are significant limitations associated with widespread use of BMI in clinical settings, and it suggests it's used in conjunction with other valid measures of risk. So BMI thresholds act as a disservice not just to people freezing their eggs, but to people donating their eggs and to intended parents looking to grow their families through egg donation. And it disproportionately affects intended parents of color who already face greater differences finding donors of their same race. I think it's time to abolish BMI as an instant disqualifier for egg freezing and donation. I'm not suggesting that clinics ignore the health of patients but rather that they look at their health fairly and holistically. While weight and height should be considered as part of the overall evaluation process, it should not be used as the sole criteria by a clinic for disqualifying women from egg freezing or donation. In an ASRM committee opinion on obesity and reproduction, ASRM directly states, Obesity should not be the sole criteria for denying a patient or couple access to infertility treatment. So why do we allow it to be an instant disqualifier for egg freezing and donation? By denying women access to egg freezing services based on their BMI alone, clinics are essentially denying them the opportunity to preserve their fertility and their reproductive autonomy. Egg freezing may be even more important for people with high BMI, who are statistically more likely to struggle with infertility down the road. This can have devastating consequences for women who may want to delay pregnancy for personal or medical reasons, such as cancer treatment. Moreover, the focus on BMI as a measure of health ignores the many other factors that can impact a person's fertility such as age, genetics, lifestyle, and medical history. By fixating on this one number, we are oversimplifying a complex issue and perpetuating harmful stereotypes about weight and health. It is time for all fertility clinics to stop using BMI as an immediate disqualifier for egg freezing and donation. Instead, they should focus on providing evidence-based care that is tailored to each individual's unique needs and circumstances. In a world where medical science continually refines its understanding of human physiology, clinging to outdated metrics like BMI as a gatekeeper for reproductive freedom is not merely archaic. It's a negation of evidence-based care. When it comes to the right to preserve fertility, the dimensions of the scale should never outweigh the nuances of individual health and autonomy. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Heart of Healthcare. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. The Heart of Healthcare is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our host is Hallie Teco. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscriptnot.com. That's media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscript.com.